0: Well, good morning, Vineyard. Good morning. How's everyone this morning? Well, well, you know the drill. We're a friendly bunch of people, so say good morning to somebody sitting next to you. And now, somebody across the room, you can say good morning too, because that's just the way we do it here, and. Although you can't see them, say good morning to everybody joining us online this morning. Good morning.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, you gotta love it, right? Well, yes. Good morning to everyone joining us uh, on Facebook, and and remember too, we will uh, we'll be having this posted on our YouTube channel. Uh, but it's so good to see everybody this morning. How many people need a fresh touch of Jesus this morning? Yeah, I surely do. I have been sick all week. It has been horrible. And today is the day that I was just telling a, a friend of mine, it's, it's, it's just amazing. I feel amazing, but I'm also waiting for the shoe to drop, right? It's like, here it comes around the corner again. But we're going to speak truth, right? We're going to speak life into not being sick, Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, let's pray and then uh, we'll worship with the uh, music this morning and then worship in the word. So, Jesus, today we are so thankful that you are king of kings and you are Lord of lords. And that you hear our cries and that, you know, even our language when we can't speak. Thank you for the journey with us. Thank you for the road you lay before us. And thank you for partnering with us through uh, the ups and the downs in this life journey. So I just pray, come Holy Spirit and do the things that you're already working in each person here, in each heart, in each mind. And just breathe afresh. Fill our lungs with with your fresh breath. Change our hearts with the things that you want us to change because of what you're doing in our lives. And let us not leave the same today. That's my prayer. Let us not leave the same. And we thank you, Jesus, and we love you. It's in your name. Amen. Amen. So if you feel like getting to your feet, you can stand or you can... Take whatever position of worship you love. Just make sure you're mindful of the people around you. And uh, yeah, we'll just we'll lift our voices in song.
2: Yeah yeah.
3: If I fail or I succeed in the sunlight or the shadow. Lord, you're everything to me. Hide me forever in your
1: presence.
3: I will rejoice in. You are my joy, you are my song. Lift me up, you make me strong. You are my joy, you are my song. Things flow. God so long oh God. of
4: Good morning, church. Welcome to the Venue Community Church. Uh, we are delighted to have you here. We're always glad to worship God and to do it with people who love God. And uh, if you don't love God, it's a good place to meet Him and uh, get to know Him. So, welcome to the community church, to the Venue Community Church. We're glad that you're here. Um, we are live streaming our Sunday services on Facebook, and uh, uh, you can also find us on YouTube. A couple days later, today you'll find you'll hear the final sermon in our series, "Christians Living in a Divided World." This series that we've been preaching is a result of an interest survey that you took at the beginning of the year. Pastor Brent Paulson is bringing us today's final message. From Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Grab your Bible or cell phone to look up today's text. Uh, You'll also find it printed in the bulletin. Uh, One of the major ministries of our church is the Food Resource Center, and the schedule for this this week is this: Uh, tomorrow, Monday, the 27th, we need volunteers for food bag preparation from 4:30 to 6 p.m. On Tuesday from eleven to three from eleven a.m. to three p.m. we need volunteers for continued prep work from four to seven volunteers are needed to help with food distribution and cleanup uh... the one repeating theme in in there is we need volunteers Um, so if you can help please do next saturday april first and this is no april fools next saturday april first is our last class for the the Meaning of Marriage A Vision for Married and Single People. For those involved, remember to read Chapter 4. Our Vineyard Youth Group is hosting an Easter egg hunt for the Kingdom Kids. Come to Kingdom Kids class at the usual time next Sunday, April 2nd, um, and have fun searching outside the building, I am assuming weather permitting, uh, for Easter eggs. And don't forget today's offering. We have a small table set up in the back of the sanctuary uh, to receive your big or little uh, donations. and uh, Or you can donate on the church website or on Facebook. Um, having said all of that, please know that God loves you. Please know that God is in this place. And uh, we're going to hear the message now from Brent.
5: Good morning. anybody else lose power last night? We don't have power. anybody else not? I mean, we have power. It's not electrical power. We have God's power. So um, I want to thank Dan O'Brien. Came out at like 9:30 or 10 last night to help me. I have a generator that I got earlier this year over Christmas when. Um, brother with 12 kids were going to come and stay with us, and we are supposed to get this big windstorm. Only 7 of the 12 kids came, but, you know, it's still, still quite a few. And so I thought, well, I don't want to be without power when we have, like, whatever, however many people in our house. So I bought this generator. Of course, our power never went out. But then last night it went out, so I thought, okay, I got it all hooked up. Turn it on, and it starts... We get, like, ghost house thing, like, and things are popping, and I'm like, ah... So then I'm freaking out and I thought, oh, I I blew up our house. I blew up our house and I'm going around, you know, right away I usually, I don't know about you guys, but I usually go to like me, like, oh, what did I do? You know, and so um, I called up, who do you call besides Ghostbusters? Dan O'Brien, he called Dan O'Brien. Don't call Dan, but Theresa's watching online, I think, that don't call call Dan. Um, But anyway, so I called Dan. And um, he's so gracious. He came out in about half an hour or whatever. I don't remember what time it was, like 9.30 or 10 at night or something like that. He comes over, helps me. We're trying to figure out what's going on. We realized that somebody, at some point, the, I don't know if you know about 220 wiring. 220 wiring has four wires. It has a, a neutral ground and two hots. So I had to wire it wired up right and everything, but somewhere along the line, the neutral had gotten cut. And so when we turned the generator on, it started like trying to find the neutral, and it started sending 220 into my 110 outlets and going doo doo do, and starting little tiny fires all over the place. It was really fun. Um, but anyway, I, you know, I share that partially because I, today we're going to be talking about um, Christians living in a divided world. This is our last of this series, but um, we're going to be talking about healing divided relationships, but also about having a servant attitude and um, Dan's one of those people that just has an amazing servant heart, you know, it's like nine ten at night and he's like, I'll I'll come right over and I was so thankful because I literally am going, Alright, is is are we gonna die in a f- terrible fire tonight? You know, I didn't I didn't know. Um I don't think we did. We're still here. So, um But anyway, it's just kind of a cool example. And it's a cool example of this community. You guys are... I know a lot of you would do that, do that kind of thing for other people. That's really neat. It's cool to belong to a community like that. Where people just say, Hey, yeah, I'll come over and do it. We were talking yesterday in our marriage class, some of the single people were talking about how some people come over sometimes and just help them do stuff. You know? when they need something done. And that's that's really what the body of Christ is all about, isn't it? So we're gonna talk about not just that, we're not but we're gonna talk about like what causes disunity, what causes a lot of the quarrels and conflicts in our relationships, not only in our world, because we live in a world of, of conflicts. The last the last election, in fact all the last few elections have been super divided. It was kind of funny because if you live like where I do in Euclid, pretty much uh, this is when Biden and Trump were running for president um pretty much it was almost all Biden signs and as you went further out to the like that way, or is that that way? Yeah, it went further that way, it became more and more Trump signs. Did any of you notice that? And there was a huge divide between people that lived in the city and people that lived in the country. There were huge divides in terms of voting between men and women, between people who were African American and people who were white. Big divides, lots of divides. We have a lot. Of, we have. We live in a really divided world. Not only that, we have divide. We have divides in our own families sometimes. I mean, Teresa and I, like, since we've been, we've been married, um, 42. Yeah, I think it'll be 43 years this year. Um, 42 years. And, you know, we've had like one and a half fights over those 42 years. It's been terrible. But a lot of times the fights come because of what I'm going to talk about today. In fact, I wanted to share if I can find it. I forgot to print it out. Well, I couldn't print it out because I don't I didn't have a printer. So, um, But anyway, you know, this story just exemplifies kind of how we can become like real self-focused people. Have you realized that? Even sometimes when, when we think we're horrible and like, oh, I'm just such a bad person, I'm just such a horrible person. You know what the problem with that is? Who are we still thinking about? Us. Yeah. And I do that a lot. I'm really guilty of that. Oh, I hate myself. I hate myself. And you know what that, the cure for that isn't like to try and learn to love yourself more it's to learn to not think about yourself as much do you understand that it's kind of interesting that both anyway he's parked by the side of the road do we have any lawyers here today <laughs> um he's parked by the side of the road and he opens the door of his uh it says BMW, but I'm going to use a Mercedes because I own—I actually own a couple BMWs. I get them really cheap. I fix them up, blah, blah, blah. Um, but anyway, he, he opened the door of his Mercedes. Suddenly, a speeding car comes out of nowhere, hits the door, rips it off his car. The lawyer is outraged. When the police arrives, the lawyer whined, officer, look what they did to my Mercedes. You have to find him and arrest him. The police officer responds and goes, You lawyers are so materialistic. He said, The officer snapped. You're so upset about your stupid Mercedes that you didn't even notice that your left arm was ripped off in the accident. <laughs> and then, the, how many of you heard of this before? You know? So the, the lawyer goes, Oh my, well, I don't say, he says, Oh my God. He's not saying it in a prayer way. Um, he just gasped. He's like, oh my gosh. And he says, finally noticing just, there's just a the bloody stuff there. He, he turns to the officer and he goes, where's my Rolex?
1: <laughs>
5: <laughs> That's how we are. And so, and, and we're like these birds in this tree. This is a, the pecking order. Have you ever heard of the pecking order? Yeah. And literally, it's a true thing. If you throw like feed into a, a bunch of chickens. they will set up a pecking order, where the first one just gets in there, and he's more aggressive. Do you, the, do you have the tree picture thing? Did that even show up on my slides? I don't know if it did. Maybe it did. Maybe not. Um, anyway, there's a, there's a pecking order. Do we have that on the slides? The, the pecking order thing? Um, oh, there it is. Yeah. So, we, you know, birds set that up, and we set it up too. And so the one at the top doesn't get any poo, and everybody else down below kind of progressively gets the poo. You know, do you ever feel like you're on the bottom? There? It's kind of like, yeah. And so, uh, you know, I guess if I were to title this message this morning, it's like, how not to poo on each other. So, um, anyway, I've been, I'm tired. I have a fluff story. Um, so, again, we live, we live in a very self-focused society, a very narcissistic society. And I, I thank you that I'm not, you know, that we tend not to be that way, but I know all of us, including myself, do become this way sometimes, don't we? And, and Paul's writing to a church that's the church in Philippi, which I love the Philippian church, Paul does too. He's been a good point of the part of the thing talking about how much he loves them. But there's a conflict in this church. And there's two women who had helped start the church, I think. And these two women, Paul, in, in uh, chapter 4 says, um, one of them's name is Ioda or Iodia, and the other one starts with an S, I can't pronounce it, but anyway, it's Syntyche, uh, Syntyche, something like that. Um, they get, they're in Greek, right? So, um... So anyway these two are having conflict and what's happening is people are starting to join you know how we join with a faction like this the Denise faction or the Brent faction oh yeah so do you know how we do that we do that people we do that at work some of your work but you know this I feel like this is a message for some of you this morning that happens at work that happens at home that happens in our communities happens in our marriages I mean even in our house our cats take sides you know, we have one boy cat, he takes Teresa's side. And then we have one girl cat, and she takes Teresa's side too. <laughs> um, so, anyway. Um, so, you know, we live in that kind of culture. And, and Paul says, you know, the, the core of this in the Philippians church was dealing with this. And so Paul writes, and what he writes about is interesting because what he does is he brings us one of the most powerful theological concepts and constructs in all of scripture. And that's the incarnation of Jesus. And one of the reasons I think it's important for us to be theologically, and biblically literate Oh, Dan is here. Hi, Dan. I didn't know you were here. Are you awake? Are you awake? Dan? Are you here, Dan? <laughs> uh, so anyway, one of the one of the uh, reasons that I think and I feel it's really important for us to understand grow in our knowledge of scripture, our knowledge of how to understand scripture, our knowledge of theology is because it's really practical this passage is about what's called the incarnation or that it's actually another term for it's the gnosis. it's when Jesus comes from you know we sing that song he came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the sky da 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 and, and and that's what he did. That he came down here and was born a pauper. He was born poor. And and divinity became humanity. And Paul doesn't use it just to teach us. Often it's used to teach about the incarnation of Christ. That Jesus, the living God, lived. He preexisted with the Father, Son, and Holy, You know, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have always existed. And when it came time to try and redeem all of us, all of us broken people, what God decides, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it wasn't just the Father saying, hey, you go down, I don't want to go down there. It wasn't like that. It was like they said, here's the plan. And Jesus goes, I'll go. And he becomes incarnate. And that incarnation often is thought of as just these lots of theological, theological principles in, uh, in seminary stuff. But Paul puts them in, a, in an amazingly practical circumstance. He uses it to teach us about how to stay unified with each other and in love with each other. And so I want to I want to move into that. By the way, this message is about that, and it's also about our need to uh, <coughs> about our need to stay connected to each other. Why do we need each other? In fact, let me read some some really interesting statistics on. You know, because some, sometimes we just feel like, it's, you know, relationships are hard. Being in a small group sometimes is hard. And sometimes we have people that annoy us. And so sometimes we, we isolate. And I understand, you know, for a lot of you and for many people out in the video land, there's a need to, not, you know, it's not necessarily safe for some to be out uh, in public, especially if you're going through chemotherapy or something like that. On the other hand, we need to find ways to stay connected, because being not connected can be s- a significant health risk. Here's, here's some of the stats. This was actually a study done, now you have to ignore his name, it's a, his name is from Ohio State University, his name is Dr. Malarkey, which <laughs> I thought, I thought whatever. God has a sense of humor. <laughs> So, who, who, who told you you have this, you know, that you need quadruple bypass and you need brain surgery? Dr. Malarkey. <laughs> okay. But anyway, he did some studies, and some amazing studies, and he discovered that one in four adults have no one to confide in. One in four adults. Nobody's confided. Nobody has shared it. You know, if you don't have somebody today that you can share your deepest things with, please find somebody. Pray. One of the reasons we do small groups here isn't just because, like, oh, it's a thing to do, but it's because that's how we can be community on a smaller scale, where we can actually really get to know each other. And I've been doing small groups pretty much ever since I became a Christian. And sometimes, you know, sometimes it's hard to get there, and sometimes I'm like... I'll be going, oh, I got a small group today. But you know what? I never leave small group going, oh, I wish I wouldn't have come. It's usually like, oh, this is cool. But this is what happens when we completely isolate. Again, for those of you who are online, who have to be online, we have great ways to stay connected relationally. Jim runs a literal online community that you can connect with. We, almost every small group has a way to either zoom in or call in and do a video connection with people. But here's what happens with Dr. Malarkey He said isolation is associated with a 29% increase in heart or vagina attack. It increases your chance of having a stroke by 32%. Isolation is as potent a cause of early death as smoking almost a pack of cigarettes a day. It's twice as deadly as obesity. I'm thankful for that. I'm not isolated. I got the obesity thing going on. It It increases the risk of dementia, high blood pressure, alcoholism, and even car accidents. Why do we need to learn how to get along? because it literally creates health and it creates a healthy community. And if we become a community where people come in and they go, you know what,
4: they,
5: they people have, maybe they have conflicts here and stuff, but they seem to actually like each other. They, they seem to kind of love each other. And Jesus says when we do that, that they'll know we are his followers. And so that's one of the most powerful witnesses that we can offer to the world is our relationships with each other or if you're married your relationship with your spouse doesn't mean you don't have conflicts and stuff but even in conflicts, we can show people how to have conflicts in a healthy way so with that being said let me me read through the scripture this comes in um, uh, the book of Philippians which is one of my favorite books in the Bible along with all the rest of them Um, But Paul starts out in in kind of, I'm going to start a little bit in the middle of verse, I think it's in verse 17. I took all my verse notes out of here, sorry. He said, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, whenever it says therefore, you need to look what he's saying before because you need to know what it's there for. Right? Why is it there? Read what was ahead of it. Don't just read it in isolation. Um, I'm going to read it in isolation right now. If any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness, compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in Spirit and mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or, or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, looking not to your own interests, but each to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus. And this is where we get into this lofty theological thing. And by the way, this is probably almost all theologians believe. This is an early song, an early Christian song. And I want to challenge our our music people and our writers to think about how you could write a song based on this early song. This is one of the first known songs in the church. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. He didn't come grasping. Rather, he made himself nothing. He took on the very nature of a servant. He emptied himself, the kenosis. He emptied himself and took upon the nature of a servant. In being made in human likeness, in being found in the appearance of a man or of humanity, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death
4: even on a cross. Therefore, God
5: has exalted him to the highest place and given him the name that is above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee might bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue might confess and acknowledge that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Father, bless this word this morning. May it penetrate our hearts. May it transform us. May we be this community that Paul's writing about. May we live this out in our daily lives. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, before I continue, I forgot, I was going to invite Judy Sklanski. Where's Judy Sklanski? We're going to take a minute in the middle, which is kind of fitting for this. We're just going to take a minute and pray for the sick. We have a lot of sick people right now in the community. Here, can you come up here? Let me you. There you go. You
2: probably find um, Lord, um, we know we're supposed to pray for one another, God, and share our burdens with each other. And Lord, I just ask on behalf of all the people in our community and their families God, that you would reach down and touch every one of them, God, and meet the need, the physical need, the physiological need that's there, that needs to be corrected. And then we just ask that their organs would be functioning the way they were intended. And we just ask for you to give them their peace, Lord. We just pray for anyone who's on chemotherapy or infusion or any type of um, treatment. We pray that the treatments would be successful, Lord. Um, we pray that uh, you would alert people to things that are going on in their bodies that, uh, that need treatment. And Lord, I um, ask you uh, on behalf of Lindsay Yalski, God, who contacted me. I know she's in New Hampshire right now with her mother, Kathy and she's in hospice. And Lord, we just ask that you would reach down and touch her and speak to her heart. We pray, Lord God, that if, if it's not her time to go, that you would heal her and deliver her of that horrible affliction. But God, if it is, we pray that you would cause her uh, to hear your voice, that she would not be scared, and that you would be there to welcome her into heaven personally, Lord, if it is her time. And we just pray that you would comfort her heart and comfort her daughter's heart. And again, Lord, I ask on behalf of everyone in this congregation, their families, that you would be their personal, great physician of God, their healer. Because we know that you died for us, Lord. And we know that you died to deliver us, God, from anything that binds us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Judy. Oh,
5: no, that's a, great, that's a great image of what we're talking about here today. So um, so this passage, again, is, is Paul's answer to this conflict in the church. There's a big conflict in the church. And there's factions that are starting to divide. Now I know none of you really have conflicts with your family, with your kids, with your people in the church. I know you don't, but maybe you have a friend who has problems with some of these things. So if you have a friend, you know, just, might be helpful for them. So um, let, let me just let me just begin with, um, with, with what Paul, Paul lays out here and I'll do it in some simple kind of framework. The first thing is Paul says that the way that we overcome this, the way that we overcome some of our, our fighting, our infighting, our conflicts that we're finding, finding ourselves in continuously, is that we start with remembering what Christ and what God and what the Apostle Paul has done for us. In this case, what he had done for them. He says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ. And when he says this, he's not saying, if possibly, maybe you happen to have some encouragement from Christ. He's saying, no, you have encouragement from Christ. You have a God, you have the God of the universe on your side. He's with you. He's encouraging you. He loves you. He's for you. He's he's got your back. No matter who you are, no matter how bad you think you are, when Jesus comes in, He comes in. And He sees you like He sees His Son. And so, this morning, I want to encourage you that you have an encourager and his name is Jesus and he wants to encourage you this morning he wants you to know that encouragement see the more we understand this the less we're going to be trying to grasp to build our own self up we won't need to when it talks later on about vain conceit, that means empty of glory when we feel empty when we feel like we're nobody when we feel like we're nothing we're grasping and trying to fill that hole in our soul we're trying to make other people notice us and we're trying to get glory so we can fill the empty glory spot in our heart. And Paul has said, no, you already have that stuff filled through Jesus. He has already done that. If you have any, you already have something. Paul is using a way of language. If any encouragement from being united with Christ Let's see. I am united with the king of the universe with the ruler of all creation has chosen me, Brent walton to be his friend. He has chosen to have my back, okay that's like about as big a power as you can have in your side you know, a lot of us would have liked to have our favorite actor, actress, or musician, you know, on our side, wouldn't we? Well, this is like a billion times better than that. We've got somebody who's got our back, who, is, who literally can do anything, and who loves us with a love that's just unbelievable. And then he goes on, he says, if any comfort from his love. Do we have comfort from His love? Yeah, there's amazing comfort. I remember when my dad passed away. I um, went to go be with Jesus a couple years ago, and we were—he he had died. I was sleeping in the room that he was in, and, and they woke me up and said, "Your dad's, your dad's gone." And I remember crying and feeling and grieving, but I remember too, they and he was at a Presbyterian home at that point. He had dementia really bad and stuff. They came, and that, that whole nursing staff, that's a Christian kind of um, nursing home type thing, they came and they put this beautiful handmade quilt on top of him with a cross on it. And we wheeled him out. and my family is like really cool, and they have some really good singers. Mark, Mark and my sister, sister and brother-in-law are Like, kind of, they were kind of professional singers. And, um, and we just started, I just felt like, you know what, we need to sing, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? And we started singing, Will the Circle Be Unbroken, in the middle of this, you know, nursing home, walking down the hall with my dad who had just passed away. And oh my gosh, was there comfort. We were just so comforted. Even in, even in a major loss, Will the Circle Be Unbroken? By and by, Lord, by and by, there's a better home awaiting in the sky, Lord, in the sky. We have comfort from His love. If any comments, sharing in the spirit, if it, you know, has, have, have we have we been interconnected with God and with each other through the Holy Spirit? Absolutely. Yesterday I was talking to Rashala, the Elder they said Rochelle you know you are as much a sister to me as my sisters are to me although my sisters and I have this thing where we have punch in the sh- punch in the arm fights with each other Rochelle said she doesn't want to do that <laughs> but we have we have a, we have a link together through God the Father. one of the things that, that last week and emphasizes, but one of the unique things about the Passover meal that Jesus celebrates with his disciples, yes, you almost always you celebrate Passover with or like who you celebrate Christmas with? Family, right? Who does Jesus celebrate Passover with? His disciples. His family is messed up and as mucked up as they are. He <coughs> celebrates with them. We, we are part of his, we are not, our family. Um, I don't remember the rest of the words if any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love being one in spirit and mind being like-minded having the same love being one in spirit and mind He's not saying we're supposed to all be uniform. You don't all need to look like me. Although it would be really so cool if you did. That you don't have to. Um, we don't all have to think the same about everything. But one thing we do need to have is, is, is to be one in spirit and one in mind. That when it comes down to the basic core things, that, that we're about Jesus. We're about participating in His kingdom. We're about caring for the poor. We're about bringing hope into this world. That those, the other stuff that you know, our political views and all those stuff, they they come in there, but but those aren't the central things. We have some central things that we all agree on. Secondly, he says, resist and embrace. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interests, but each to the interest of others. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. And what he's saying here is we're not to be like the world. Vain conceit is that empty thing in us. And the way we fill up that empty thing sometimes is by speaking ill of other people we see this on the news all the time don't we people speaking dispar- making jokes and disparaging other people this news station disparages this group of politicians this news disparages this group and we kind of celebrate that we're like yeah give it to them and it's like jesus is going no filled up with His Spirit, with His presence. That, our, that empty glory that we feel in our heart, that's what Jesus came to fill so that we can feel, we can know that we're loved, we can know that we're accepted, we can know that we have value even if nobody else in the world values us. We have the value and the encouragement and the love of our of God of the and of His Son, and of His Spirit. We have such amazing love. And some of us feel that. We feel like we kind of hate ourselves. We speak bad of ourselves. And like somebody said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Thinking of yourself less. vain, can empty glory. There's a great illustration this in the Old Testament. Remember, we studied, if we studied Abraham and Lot a while ago? Lot was his nephew. Abraham is going to the promised land, and Lot to come with him. Well, they, they both start growing and they both start getting bigger, and there's problems with growth. You know, you get bigger and it gets if you have a bigger family, you know, it's, there's fighting in the car and all that kind of stuff, you know. And uh, I know that because my brothers and sisters, my brother and sister and I, sisters, we, we fought a lot in the car. But Lot and Abraham have this, there's, there's some sort of a kind conflict over the land and the water as well. and the well. You know what Abraham does in this whole thing? He doesn't demand his own way. He doesn't push his own agenda. He he doesn't say, this is my way or the highway. You know, sometimes we look at something and we go, you have to do it this way. This is the way it's done. How come you're not doing it this way? Have you ever stopped to think that that other person might actually have a good idea? And so Abraham, you know what Abraham says? He says, Hey, Lot, why don't you pick the land that you want? If you want to go left, go left. If you want to go right, go right. Go pick the land you want and I'll take the other one. Isn't that amazing? I'm trying to get better at that. I'm trying to get better at not just talking, but actually listening. Because those of you who know me know I like to talk. So I'm, trying to, I'm trying to become a better listener. And just to listen and to value what other people say. I'm trying to not insist, like it says in First Corinthians. So, I'm trying to not insist on my own way. No, this is the way it has to be. I'm trying to. It was kind of fun. We went. We had the privilege of going to Disney World. Whatever. A few weeks ago, we had our national video meetings there, and then for for Christmas, for Teresa, I brought I brought her and my daughter and her boyfriend to We went to Disney World. You know, people are going, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? I go, you know what? I am totally happy to do whatever you guys want to do. As long as it's not, it's a small world. Because that's literally, if there was a purgatory or even like a hell, it would be, it's a small world. It's, it's like 20 minutes long in different languages. It's a small You know, I I, I shared this in church once, and I said, you know, that. Like so hell for me. And some lady afterwards comes up and goes, Hey, Brad. And she was a friend of mine, Brenda Barberino. You know, some of you probably know Brenda. She used to run the ministry. I was a good friend of mine. She comes to me. She goes, You know what, Brad? Um, I actually got saved on that ride. And I was like, Oh. <laughs> Sorry. That one person. So one person. Everybody else is crazy. So we resist and then we embrace, not looking to your own interests, but to the interests of each other, of the other. Boy, when we try and do that in marriage, it works really well. We, we try and do that, Teresa, I try and do that. Like, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Because that's half the things I want to do. You know what I discovered, at least a good portion of that. time, when I actually do. What Teresa wants to do, I sometimes have more fun than I do what I want to do. You ever notice that? We resist and embrace. It's funny sometimes, and, if, and if most people in our food pantry are really gracious, but every once in a while somebody will cut in line or something, you know. And oh my gosh, some you would think it was like World War III. You know that person, three cars up, they, they cut in line. You should shoot them. Do something. I'm like, uh, no. I'm sorry. We try and do the best we can, but it's okay. You're going to get all get free food. Eugene Peterson says this. She says the one temptation that is dressed up to the point of acceptance with special flour- flourishing in America is ambition. Our culture encourages and rewards ambition without qualification. We are surrounded by a way of life in which betterment is understood as expansion, as acquisition, as fame. If you're famous, if you have acquired a lot of things, if you're expanding whatever area of life you're in, you Jesus succeeded. Everyone wants to get more, to be on top, no matter what what is on top, no matter what it's on top of. There's nothing recent about this temptation. It goes back to the oldest sin in the book, the one that Abraham got thrown out of the garden for and Lucifer got tossed out of heaven. What is fairly new about this is the great admiration and approval it receives. You know, when Jesus came, one of the amazing things about when Jesus came, he didn't come as a kingly ruler. He wasn't born into Pharaoh's family. He, he was born into poverty, purposely. He came to this man and this woman who, who had nothing. And then he became a refugee. He had to go to Egypt to survive because his family was being um, persecuted and attacked. He had to go there. And then his whole life was spent in rejection. He never really even owned anything that we know of. And then he died this terrible death where people beat him and literally spit on him. Can you imagine being spit on? And then he dies. And then he's raised. And that brings me to my last couple points here. The part, of the, part of the whole thing is that we are to be like, I put like, be like Mike, but be like Jesus. There used to be this slogan with Michael Jordan. Remember that, be like Mike? It was an old um, NBA thing, you know, be like Mike. Now, I'm not recommending you be like Mike unless you're a basketball player. But what I do recommend, and this is what Paul says, he uses this theological framework, and he says, in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus. Who, though he was God, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. He didn't come grasping. It wasn't in time. He used all of it glory and everything that god had given him even in his human form he used it to serve you and me to pour his life up for you and me you know what one of the things that can be really helpful in the middle of one you know conflicts with our spouse or friends or whatever is to remember remember this is what paul is saying have have this among you among yourselves Make this into a song in your life so it can transform your life. Remember what Jesus did for you. Every part of this is what He did for you. He became a refugee because that's how broken we were. He was rejected because that's how broken and sinful we are. He was spit on because that's how sinful we are. He was raised up on a cross and killed because that's because that's what it took to bring us to himself. That's what it took for him to be with us. That's how much he loves us. Like Led Zeppelin says, that's a whole lot of love. That's a whole lot of love. And he didn't come when God came, and this isn't just a one-off thing, he came serving, praying for the sick, ministering to the poor, pouring himself out. And that wasn't just like, oh, that was the first time. The second time, he, he's going to come and he's going to like, then he's going to really grow up. It's like, well, no, this is the nature of who God is. God is a serving God. This whole idea of, you know, massive power and controlling, domineering people—it's a it's a worldly concept. It's not a God concept. He didn't use this to his own advantage. Wouldn't it be great? If all of us did that. Wouldn't it be great if, if, the people that had power and authority and wealth and fame and stuff in their in our culture didn't use it for their own advantage? one of the things that I've always appreciated and, that, and some of you don't even know who this is Bob Bono Trinity, too, is that he has used a lot of his um, fame and fortune to, to serve he's recognized he's been given this amazing gift and he said you know what he's a great guy and he said you know what I, I need to give this back I need to I need to use this to benefit everyone not just benefit." And he made himself nothing and took on the nature of a servant. He didn't take on the nature of an aristocrat, cat, crap. He took on the nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. The second thing we do is we humble ourselves. <coughs> See, humbling is something we can choose to do. Jesus says that, he says, you know, when you go to a big banquet, don't take the highest chair. Take the lowest one, and then let them elevate you. You know? <laughs> it's kind of funny, and I'll end with this. And then, being front of the experienced man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above everything, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know how people c- might come and worship? It says every knee will, you know, okay, people interpret it, will bow, and in the Greek it actually says might bow. Why does he say that? Because the whole nature of that thing is like, you know, if we live out servant lives, people may come to worship Jesus because they see how crying and graceful and merciful he is. That particular translation of that passage is not a forced thing. It's a it's a wooed thing. It's something that does that. Many, several years ago, you know, I've shared a lot about when our church went through the, some really difficult times and we had a church. But before that, I had been asked by the, vineyard, the bigger venue to be the area coordinator. And during that whole time, they were like, you know, man, why don't, would it be okay if you step away from that for a little while, and we'll have another guy in Cleveland? There's only one other guy in Cleveland. Do it. I'm like, okay. And it was kind of hard. It was kind of humbling. It was kind of like oh, a little bit embarrassing. But I just said, you know what, God, you're God, and you're good. And and I'm not. I'm I'm gonna do. Whatever my new area person asked me to do, I'm just going to, I, I want to humble myself before him. i want to give myself to serving in any ways that I can in this thing. Well, a couple of years later, he just didn't want to do it anymore, and the vineyard came back. I don't know if they're really desperate, but they just came back and said, "Brand, do you want to do this again? And I said, you know, I... I would, but this time when I came to do it, it wasn't so much like, oh, I get to be this, in this position. It was more like, you know what, I think I actually have something that might benefit some of the new pastors that are coming in. I might be able to use this, some of what I've been given, mostly through doing dumb stuff. I might be able to, to use that to benefit other people. That's what Paul said. And Father, even through our tiredness and through crazy life stuff, and power outages and things frying out, kind you're good. And Jesus, I pray that you would impart in us your heart. I pray for all of us, myself included, Lord, that those selfish parts, those empty, the, the, the doxa, you know, emptiness, the glory emptiness that we have, that we wouldn't fill it with, with success and with power and with everything else, but that we would be filled by your Spirit and that we would become more like you, Jesus, who now sits at literally the highest point in the universe because you went to the lowest point in the universe. May we be people who descend, who descend into greatness who go down instead of up, who, who kneel down and serve, who are willing to do whatever it takes with whoever it takes to show your love and grace and to show this world around us what you're like. May those who, who are isolated and feel like they don't have people they can talk to pray that they would, and I pray for those who need to be connected, whether it's through a small group or through the online community, gymnas, or whatever, that that would happen to I pray specifically for some people that have come in this morning. I feel like there's some people that have come in and just said, you know what? I'm going to give this church one, one last, not this church, but church one last try. I'm just kind of dead with church. Some, there's been some people who have been really hurt by church. And they feel like God wants to, to bring some healing to you. They I feel like there's somebody who's got stuff going on at the right foot. And God wants you to come and just get some prayer for that. We Let us serve you by praying for you. Somebody's had some really nasty headaches going on too. pray for you. And some of you who have just been living in fear. And some who have been living in depression. A depression you haven't felt for a while. So I'm going to invite any of those or any other things that you want prayer for. Come on up and I'm going to ask our prayer leaders and our small group leaders to come up. And I'll pray for people. And I want to pray this right now. I want to pray for blessing on those who are watching online. In Jesus' name, amen.